Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Hello, All Bodies on Bikes fans, and welcome back to our podcast. Uh, This is All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. Um, Today, we've got a really exciting show with one of my favorite people in the bike world. Um, I don't know about you, Maggie, but I consider myself an elder millennial. So uh, TikTok is like something that I look at. Right. I've made a couple yes. of videos, but I'm not very confident on it. Uh, what about you? Do you use TikTok at all? Uh, I finally succumbed to the peer pressure this <laughs> literally like a month ago and got a TikTok. Uh, well, so do you, are you enjoying it? Uh, I am. Good. I think. <laughs> I mean, I think I am too. I don't yes. know. I, there's always silly things and the algorithm is, it knows me better than I know myself, I think. Right. Um, but the reason why we're talking about TikTok is our guest today uh, we have Jenna. Jenna Phillips is a car-free bike rider in Portland, Oregon, who is spewing, quote, glorious bike propaganda <laughs> on TikTok. I can't wait to hear more about that. I love that. Um, what started as a way to get through the rainy season has turned into a large community of bike riders and followers that is primarily female. Heck yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. And welcome to the show, Jenna. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, so... Tell us about yourself. You know, who are you? How, how how long have you been in Portland? What got you into riding bikes? All the good stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. I am from Idaho originally. I grew up cycling down my street with my dad, who was a quite a long distance bike rider. Uh, he also commuted to work and it was kind of like a 25 mile commute, which is intense. That is that sure. is intense. It's intense. And he would get all his gear. He would take his clothes at the beginning of the week and then bike all week, you know, and I always remember that cadence. And so he was kind of the first person to get me into cycling and bought me my vintage Peugeot. And I went to University of Portland in 2013. Um, And I've never actually owned a car. I didn't know how to drive until my husband taught me how to drive. Um, Wow. I was in college. Yeah. (laughs) Very (laughs) non-traditional as like an Idahoan, you know, maybe New York, that makes sense. But Idaho I think still. it's becoming more and more popular more folks especially younger folks just like not even bothering like the car is not for me I'm done with it or I'm never yeah. going to start with it so I think yeah it's really and cool. I think that helped me not starting with it definitely was a big helpful factor <laughs> um, um yeah do you still have that vintage Peugeot sadly I didn't know what I had when I had it you know yeah um, I it because the shifters were on the bar in the middle and I yeah. didn't have my balance at the time and I just hated them, but it was yeah. so, so if you're out there, Peugeot, I'm thinking of you. <laughs> that was like the first bike I started on. It was a vintage Nishiki and it had the down tube shifters and it was so scary. So I stayed yes. in one gear 
And now I look back and I'm like, oh, that bike was so beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what kind of bike are you riding these days? Yeah. So right now I ride a Gazelle Citizen, Citizen, um, and it's an e-bike. And I switched over to an e-bike about two years ago. I had a further commute and, you know, got a job that was pretty far out and knew that I wanted to keep biking to work but I had to make up for the amount of distance. So it's about a 12 mile commute, including then there's like a 20 minute train ride. Um, so it's quite far and I wanted to just keep it up and I knew I could only do that with an e-bike. <laughs> uh, so that helped. <laughs> That's fantastic. So yeah. like walk me through what just decided one day to without make a video and that just has landed <laughs> into this or how did we get from just casually bike commuting to being the Jenna bikes. <laughs> yeah, it. I was a lurker, a TikTok lurker for so long. And then I went cold turkey. I quit TikTok. I was like, this is such a time suck. And I didn't really have a good relationship with TikTok. I would just doom scroll is what the, sure. yep. um, the Gen Zers call it. Um, <laughs> and, so I quit it and then I decided if I was going to come back to the app, I was going to make content. Mm. And the first video I ever made was the first time I took my bike on the train to Seattle. And it was like a 30 second quick shot, just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, and it was so fun. And I got 500 views and I was like, yes. Like, I would be stoked cool. to have 500 views on a TikTok video. <laughs> yeah. Even some <laughs> days I'm like, please algorithm, just a little love. Yeah. Um, and then it just turned into kind of showing what I wear on my bike riding days. Um, I, I love that. We'll come back to that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then it kind of really turned into kind of, I do a lot more daily vlogs and just kind of showing my life through the lens of a car-free bike life. And it doesn't have to be that different. I think is like my goal is like, there's parts of my day that are a little different, but ultimately I can live the lifestyle. These other, you know, influencers are living, but I'm on my bike and that's, yeah. that's my favorite part. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Um, and if you haven't watched her videos on TikTok, you need to, one of the things that I love the most is you were talking about getting dressed. Um, because that's one of the questions I think we get as cyclists and as people who ride bikes all the time is what do you wear? And I love your videos because I don't think I've ever seen you in spandex. Um, maybe once, maybe once. Yeah. Maybe. For the most part, you just dress like normal stuff. So tell us about that. Like in yeah. Portland's rainy, how do you, how do you make that work? Totally. I think there's a couple levels to it. You know, my dad is very a traditional bike rider, cyclist, and got me a pair of padded shorts, you know, and I have them and I own them, but they never fit me well enough. They never worked. And I just like threw it out the window, got a seat that fit better and was more comfortable. I wear clothes where I can kind of bend at the hip a little more. So if that means baggier jeans, baggier pants, then I'm all for it. Thankfully, baggy is in. So we're all good there. <laughs> Um, and I don't talk about it a lot, but I found ARC, A-R-Q, it's an underwear brand, but they make high rise, full coverage, inclusive, size inclusive underwear. And I feel like no one talks about wearing the right underwear, but their underwear are good. Ooh, yeah. That's so I have huge. a whole set. Yeah, they're really great. And they're in McMinnville, Oregon. And it's my daily like go-to when I'm cycling, when I want a comfortable ride, don't have to worry about anything. Just wear those, which is awesome. 
I am a hundred percent going to look that up because yeah, yes, there are some our- days when I'll get on my bike and I'm not going very far, but what? something about the underwear just like yep. causes issues immediately. Um, and I have other pairs that don't. So I will, I will look into those. Yes. Um, one other thing that, you know, one of my initial challenges in getting into cycling was finding a raincoat. Um, I think, do you use a clever hood? Is that correct? Oh, yes. Right. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. I found it at clever cycles in Portland. They had this huge display and I thought it was kind of silly, but I think it is a super slept on, plus size garment because the only thing you're fitting is like your head hole. So if your <laughs> head hole can fit and then they make different lengths. So if you're short, if they have, they have short, regular and long. And so it just depends on your length of your body, but it just drapes over any form. And you know, the idea is to drape over a backpack, a purse, another jacket, but I also think to drape over a bigger body is so crucial and it really changed. I'm like watching it downpour right now. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have gone out in that if I didn't have my clever hood. Yeah. Because I never found a rain jacket that fit me well enough. Yeah. And rain pants. <laughs> I have no rain pants because no. of that reason. They're they don't exist, you know? And yeah. so cleverhood is the way to go. That's so awesome. And one of the things I love about them is um they're designed to keep your whole body dry. So you, they have like these little thumb loops that you grab your handlebars on. So it's like yep. your own little personal umbrella for your whole body, I guess. So good. Yeah. Just <laughs> my shins get a little wet if it's kind of pouring, mm-hmm. but I'm like, whatever, just my shins. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, aside from clothing, um, can you talk about some of the other barriers that you might've faced in getting into cycling? Um, and maybe if those have changed at all or how you've kind of overcome those barriers? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones was just kind of thinking that I could ride just like my husband on his single speed vintage bike and he goes so fast or ride just like my dad who, you know, has been road cycling for so long and just comparing myself to these bike people in my life. And really, I'm a totally different bike rider and that's okay. And I think that was kind of the biggest like mental hurdle is Like being, like you said at the beginning, like any bike ride is a good bike ride and any bike is a good bike. And I think kind of embracing that has really helped. Um, And finding a bike that I really love that fits my body and I have a range of power options and gears and it can support me and, you know, my day-to-day needs was a big, big hurdle. Definitely. Um, I had a question for you about Oh, riding with your husband. Um, so do you guys, I, have you found that on the e-bike you can ride together and it's enjoyable? Oh yeah. You still kind of do your own thing. <laughs> I think it saved our marriage. Um, <laughs> that was a confident answer. The, yeah. We talk about it all the time. Cause he, he is a very thin, tall white man who rides a single speed so fast. And that is, could be the opposite of me, you know, and we would fight a lot about routes he would choose for us. And there's a hill and I would take it personally. Like this is a personal dig at, you know, my lack of ability. And so now with the e-bike, we're going up a hill and he's navigating. I can just, you know, crank it up a little and feel okay. Or let my body do the work. And, you know, on those days where I feel really good, I'm like, yes, I did that. Yeah. Um, just to have the option to fall back on and, you know, be able to do longer distances is also a huge part of the e-bike. Cause I think before I was maybe, topping out at maybe 10 miles a day. And now 
I could do 40 and I could feel great. So that's like huge difference. And yeah, now we can all ride together and it's awesome. Oh, that's so awesome. I love I it. That's the thing a lot of people don't take into account when they talk about e-bikes. Because I, I worked at a bike shop for a while and everybody would be like, oh, I don't want to do the e-bike thing. And if you start talking about the fact that all you're doing really is expanding how far you can go. Yep. Because I, I couldn't do this many miles if all I'm doing is powering myself. But with just that little bit of just that little bit of umph, I can go out and do two to three times as many miles as I would want to do. Yeah. Any or other just day. a different level of effort too. If yeah. You, yeah. You, know, you want to go to the grocery store, you want to go to work and you're not necessarily looking to get a workout in. Totally. And replacing um, our trip is also like a huge part yeah. of that. Um, you know, I think sometimes bike riding and cycling can be seen as like an activity and a leisure, fun sport. And I think what I am putting out there is very much, I do this for transportation and mm -hmm. it is fun and I get those benefits, but I'm going from point A to point B and I'm doing it on an e-bike and that's awesome. And I think that like showing bikes in a different way, not just like, oh, for fun, you know, just hanging out. I'm like, no, yeah, no, no. Go fast, race hard, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, no, that doesn't have to be the case. You're not sweating. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so what's it like to be car-free in Portland? Um, you know, you mentioned that you take the train, you like a multimodal, take the train to work um, and you took the train to Seattle, but like on a day-to-day -day basis, are there bike lanes? You know, what what's it like? Are there group rides that you go on? Yeah, I would say it's, you know, very inclusive to bike riding. Um, there are bike lanes, there are neighborhood greenways that have kind of a lower speed dedicated to bike riders. There are group rides almost every day that you can opt into. They have a That's big so calendar. Wild. Shift to bikes is the calendar. And, you know, I post my rides on there and it's a really great place to meet people and ride bikes. I would say... There are certain areas in Portland where it's much harder to be a bike person. And when we were moving, we kind of really had to take into account, is there going to be a max train coming by us? Is there going to be a rapid bus if we do not have our bike? And so other considerations, you know, we gave up certain things in a house that we wanted because we could be close to the train and we could be close to the bikes, bike lanes. And, you know, those are things that we gave in because we don't have a car. So I think, you know, it's not... It's not like New York where everybody could not have a car and that'd be awesome. I think there's still, you still got to do a little work to kind of plan out where you live, but it's not too bad. Yeah. I remember seeing recently you, I think, I don't know if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas. This might be a little creepy of me, but you documented getting out to, I don't know if it was your parents or your in-laws house and kind of the adventure. And it, it wasn't oh, necessarily yeah. so glamorous. No, it was not. <laughs> Yeah, we made it out to Hillsborough, which is a surrounding, you know, suburban town um, outside of Portland, and it took us four times as long as a drive. Um, we took a bike town, which is the bike share system here. We took a bus, we took the train, we took another bus, and then we walked 20 minutes from a bus. And wow. it was the whole time. And like, we did it mostly to prove a point, obviously, because um, that's the kind of people we are. But also, <laughs> like, this is the reality that a lot of car-free folks, you know, face is once you cross into different cities out here, it does get exponentially harder. And so, you know, in my little 30-minute bubble, I have so many things, but outside of that, it really, you know, changes into a different story. Yeah. I was car-free for almost 10 years in Seattle, and I loved it. Just the freedom to 
you know, not worry about where you're parking it or gas or plates or insurance or any of that stuff. And I live in Arkansas now and I have a car and I dream about being car free. And (laughs) I don't know that it would be possible with my lifestyle right now, which makes me really sad, but I hope to one day get back to a city where I can get rid of my car. Yeah. And I think that's the reality is like, I'm putting out content as a car-free person to attract those people who have the option, right? In Portland, so many people have the option to make that switch, you know, at a small scale, at a big scale. But I think if I was still in Idaho, it wouldn't be really an option. And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, there's a lot of nuance to what I'm putting out there and how idyllic it can be here compared to other, you know, smaller towns. So have you gotten any pushback from folks on the internet? Um, on Instagram, I did a partnership with Travel Portland. And so, you know, those posts were collaboration posts. And I got Travel Portland's followers commenting some pretty shitty things, Mm. Um, some weight things, which is not awesome. Yeah. Um, A lot of, (laughs) I didn't expect this one, but a lot of shaming around me wearing black also, which is like a, another thing I hate. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a weird thing putting yourself out there. It, it, it I is. know you face comments all the time too. And so, yes. yeah, you just kind of got to think about all the good you're doing in the world and all the people's lives you're impacting and weigh that against, you know, the one or two naysayers that are, oh, she's wearing black. She wants to get hit by a car. Like, no, this is just what I'm wearing and you should be looking out for me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, just casually mentioning if people made more things in bright colors, we wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Who's making high vis plus size gear? Tell me. Nobody. Tell me. (laughs) And I'll wear it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, Well, hey, you mentioned that you lead rides. Um, Tell us about those and how do we join and what are those all about? Yeah. It started when my TikTok kind of started taking some shape um a lot of people comment like i'm in portland i want to ride bikes and so i started hosting like jenna bikes rides like it's a meet and greet but it's also like a very introductory ride things that we do we always start somewhere fun and somewhere fun with the treat because i think that's like a beginner tip is like treats yes Uh, make it fun yes make it fun and then it's about the journey it's not you know about anything else um Yeah, so I started doing a monthly ride um, just for followers and community members who want to maybe reach out to groups of people that aren't traditionally going to these bike rides. Um, And so just getting a new wave of younger, more female folks into the bike scene, which is really fun. Oh, my cold, dead heart is warming so much. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's my goal. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um. I guess, you know, let's shift gears a little bit. And I think um, as I've watched your content, you have gotten more into um, policy and infrastructure and advocacy. Um, What does that look like? And, you know, can you think of any policy changes that would be helpful for helping more folks go car free? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a big part of, you know, my relationship with my husband is he is an advocate, like a true traditional sense, you know, organizing with the community, writing letters to the city, you know, doing advocacy in that sense. And I always wanted to find like what advocacy meant for me. 
And so how do I kind of translate that with TikTok? And TikTok has always kind of been that for me is like, it is me posting my life, but it's also kind of advocating for these things and getting more people engaged. And I think the biggest one, which is like making waves in Portland is the e-bike bill, which would be incredible to getting more people on e-bikes. And I think the second you try start to transform your life with an e-bike, it really changes and becomes something super positive. Mm-hmm. And so lowering that price point would be huge for people. Is the e-bike bill, is that like what Denver did where they're subsidizing and giving tax incentives basically? Exactly. Yeah. Just like you would for an electric car, you get tax incentives for that. Um, but this would be at the point of sale. You get a, a price off of that. And so it would be huge for bike shops, huge for just folks who have been wanting and needing to, you know, have that option. But I mean, there is quite a high price point entry to an e-bike. And so this would really help take that down a notch. Definitely. Especially e-bikes that can support riders who live in larger bodies or who are carrying cargo, you know, kiddos or groceries or really making it their mode of transportation. Um, Do you know any timeline on that bill or any updates on that? It's okay if you don't. Yeah, no, no official timelines. I know it's kind of circulating right now um, and just kind of trying to gain some steam. Um, So it's exciting, but we will see where it goes. Very cool. So you mentioned this a little bit earlier about, you know, motivating yourself. What other advice would you give to new riders or maybe, um, you know, people that are curious about transitioning some of their transportation to a bicycle? Yeah, I think, I think always a treat (laughs) and always something that's small that maybe is a known route for you. That really helped me either riding it with a buddy or, you know, a route that you drive constantly and you can see the infrastructure that you'll expect. Because I think sometimes as a bike rider, you're following Google Maps and you get to a road and it is not supportive and it is dangerous. Or it's a giant hill and it tells you the route is going to be mostly flat. (laughs) Yeah, that can really be like so degrading. And so taking a route that is known and you know the distance, you know how long it'll take, all these known things takes out all those factors. And I think that that helped me a lot. It was like going to the grocery store, swap that out and do things that maybe seem a little hard and then just kind of build from there really helped turn me into this multimodal queen. Yeah. Have you had any like, you know, crazy, ridiculous um, mechanical issues or flat tires? And um, how do you deal with that kind of thing? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, I had... I had a flat tire and a bridge, which was like a new one, um, on the Broadway bridge. Okay. Is that the pedestrian bike only bridge in Portland? No, sadly. There okay. Are um, but I called my husband immediately because I'm very reliant on him for these things. I'm kind of like the, the bad bike rider in that I don't know how to fix my own flat, which I know I need to get better at. It's okay. You're fine. Yeah. But I told him, I was like, what do I do? And he said, I would go to the nearest bike shop. That's what I would do. And so now I'm like, oh, duh, easy. And so now when anything happens, luckily I'm blessed in Portland. I look up the nearest bike shop. Luckily there was an REI 10 minutes away and I went there and they fixed it and it was perfect. And there was a giant nail in my bike. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I think just kind of this like 
being flexible with things. I'm also quite an anxious person and like, I love a plan. And if things aren't to plan, it makes me really anxious. And so being flexible and just, you know, kind of figuring things out. The bike has been really helpful for me to kind of get exposure therapy and really just, (laughs) (laughs) it's very good. (laughs) Um, So just figuring out, yeah, where are all the bike shops? If it's 8 a.m., which ones are open? If I'm on the way to work, where's the nearest max or the bus where I can just, you know, pop my bike on? And so just being more flexible with your options, Portland is a good place to really try out all those. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have most much experience using the bike share bikes? Um, and would you recommend that to newer riders? Oh, yeah. Big bike town fan. I think I've tried... I don't even know how many cities, any city we travel to, we tried to get on the bike shares. So in Chicago, we rode bikes in New York, we rode city bikes. We love them. Yes. Uh, so good. I, I got to do it in Paris. I got to do it in Athens. Oh, yes. Um, I would agree, you know, bike share bikes are the best way to see a new town. Totally. And to try out a different type of bike mm-hmm. because the e-bikes they have here in Portland um, are pretty similar, I would say to the gazelle, no gears, but you know, the amount of assist you're getting is pretty similar. And so it kind of helped me see like, is this enough? Is this what I want? Do I want more or less? Do I want throttle? Do I not? And I could do that for 15 cents a minute or whatever. Yeah. And try it out. So it was pretty nice. That is brilliant advice to, you know, try, try out an e-bike before you invest $2,000 oh, yeah. to buy one. Yeah. That's how I even feel about like any other bike. I'm like, can I just try this for a month or two? Like, I don't know how that works, but I'd like that. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So nice. Um, you mentioned earlier that you changed out saddles on your bike and that is yes. often a point of literal pain, um, for newer riders. What kind of saddle do you use? Yeah, I, I've had a love hate relationship with the saddle. Um, it is the specialized body geometry saddle. And I went to Gladys, which in Portland, if you're not familiar, Gladys has a saddle library and you can check out saddles. They'll put it on for you. You can try it out for a week, take it back, swap. Um, I'm planning to do that with my new bike. So I'm very excited to document that as well. Um, But I found that specialized one from them. And at the time, you know, I loved it so much. Fits my body really well, comfortable, um, and then it snapped. So I have <laughs> the, one of the rails snapped on the snap saddle and it was kind of like the most scary thing. Yeah, definitely. It was like, I am too big of a person to be on this saddle. Mm. And so I took like a huge, like self-confidence hit and I went to Twitter and I was like, Hey, Twitter, has this ever happened to anybody? And so many people commented like, yep, 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 yep. And there are a bunch of, you know, thinner white dudes. I'm like, yes, okay. It's not just exactly. Me. It's not just me. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, since then, um, I've snapped two um, after that, which is not, these aren't good odds. And so <laughs> recently I swapped out the seat post because there was kind of a strange like mechanical holder. Mm. Um, and I've never seen it before. And every bike shop was like, this is weird. And yeah. so swapped it out. I'm back to my body geometry saddle and 
hopefully we're all good this time but <laughs> yeah good luck I wonder Fingers if that the seat post just had like a weird connection point to the rails yeah. just put like weird pressure on it that's exactly uh, what the woman who fixed my bike she said it looks like it's pushing up and pulling down at the same time and each snap was like right there on the edge so very strange yeah but that brings up a really good point that you know you're not married to any of the components on your bicycle you know if your saddle's uncomfortable if your seat post you don't like it handlebars grips pedals tires literally anything can be changed on your bicycle um and that's i feel like i learned from you probably i took your biking in a big body class yes we're like here are some options of things you can change and i was like i've never even heard of doing some of these like (laughs) this is awesome yeah that's one of the things i preach because you know i think we don't think about the bike as a tool necessarily, but it is. And you can modify so many different things to make it work for you. Dream day on a bike look like. Oh, switching gears a little (laughs) bit. Yes. No pun intended. (laughs) Pun intended. Maybe a little intended. intended. Just a smidge. (laughs) Um, I am a big trip chainer, which in the like car free world is just, planning all your activities to be sequential in a big loop, you know, so you get the full, you don't have to do any extra miles. We love need. a loop. We love a loop. <laughs> we love treats along the loop. Yes. Um, yes. I love like a big stretch of riding, maybe like five to 10 miles. And then just like sitting for an hour reading and coffee. And it's so mm. nice. Oh, that sounds amazing. Your bike, and you go back and yeah, I love carrying things on my bike and just, you know, throughout the day, picking up running errands, picking up stuff, filling up my bike. And then when I come home, I just have bags of stuff. It's just like so rewarding. <laughs> what's the, what's the wildest thing you've ever carried on your bike? And actually Maggie, this is a question for you too. Oh God. Okay. Hmm. Oh, Sorry. I did not prep either of you for this. Question. I know. Jeez. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go. So you can think. Yes. Go. Good. Uh, <laughs> We used to do shenanigan rides around town. And so it was all the people that I worked at the bike shop with. And on Tuesday nights, we'd lock up the shop and we just cruise around town, loud music, lights, being crazy, costumes frequently. And I don't remember how it ever first came up, but I made a joke about tequila carrots. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and everybody was like, what's that? And I was like, obviously it's carrots soaked in tequila. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, that's weird. Have you done that? I was like, no, but I'm gonna. And so the following shenanigans ride, it actually happened to be um, a friend of mine in town. It was her birthday. So I showed up to the ride with a mason jar full of carrots and tequila. And it was like the carrot sticks. So we all before the ride ate a carrot. We went to my friend's birthday party and shared carrots with random strangers in the middle of a park. I don't understand the science, but if you ever soak carrots in tequila, they take on the taste of toothpaste. So what? the carrots were absolutely horrendous. Um, but what we figured out on the ride back, not that we have or would ever drink tequila while riding bicycles. Of course not. No. We would never do that. Uh, it's very irresponsible. But if one did that, what you would learn is that somehow like all the bitterness from the tequila goes into the carrot, which is why the carrots are gross. But all the sweetness from the carrots goes into the tequila and the tequila is amazing. interesting so again never once biked through town passing a mason jar back and forth amongst six different cyclists drinking carrot flavored tequila never done that never done it wouldn't know what that's like (laughs) 
Wild. But yeah, carrot te- tequila carrots would be the weirdest tequila thing I've carrots. ever. All ever right, in a by. mason jar. Yep, it's pretty weird. Just in a jersey pocket, mason jar. That's not dangerous either. You know, wow. <laughs> you fall and just have an entire shattered jar in your back pocket. Just for the record, all bodies on bikes does not endorse this behavior. Does not. I'm just no. not that smart, so it's fine. <laughs> but nothing bad happened, so it was fine. Exactly. Exactly. It turned out great. Did that give you any inspiration, Jenna? It did, because I was I was thinking, what's the biggest thing I've carried? Mm. Yes. And I mostly just help my, well, so we have a burly trailer, but because of my disc brakes, it doesn't hook on to my bike because it's an older model. Um, so we always hook it to my husband's bike and we just load that thing up. But yeah. technically it's not my bike. So I have carried a seven layer dip in my basket. I was going to a party. I told yeah, him I'd bring it and all I had was a glass Pyrex dish again with the glass on the bike. And so I just loaded it up in like a little nest in my front basket, mm-hmm. stuck it in there. And I did, there's a TikTok video that exists of a status update of every mile of how just jumbled it was. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Sure. I was going to ask about that. Um, <laughs> that. I tried to take cupcakes to a friend's birthday party um, in my basket one time. And I've <sighs> since learned it works, but you should do the frosting after you transport the cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're sharing so much educational information today. I'm just, you really know, are. you're welcome for all of these things that you don't have to learn yourself. <laughs> but seriously, like, I don't know. I love it. Cause you can carry literally anything on a bicycle. I went Christmas tree shopping on a bike this year. Actually for many years I've done it. Uh, <laughs> I carry my dogs. I carry all sorts of things. Um, well, we're kind of wrapping up this conversation, but I know that you've got some exciting plans in the works for 2023. Can you tell us about some of those? Yes. Um, on Christmas day, my dad, who's the bike rider called me and my husband and said, you know, this year I'm doing Seattle to Portland again, tell Nick. And I was like, why don't you tell me? Like, I don't know too dad and so then we got off the phone I was like yeah Nick will do it you know my husband and they've done it before together and then that whole week I was like why can't I do it why can't I do it I could do it yeah I don't have the right bike but I could do it and so a part of it is wanting me to expand into kind of more biking for sport I used to do that go on long rides and I liked it so getting back into that And then the other part is I'm starting an ambassadorship with Adventure Cycling. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, And they have offered me a couple, you know, bike packing trips, which I've also never done. Can I go with you? I would love to come with. Yes. Yeah. But I have no, like they're offering me gear. They're offering me trips and, you know, support as a beginner, but I didn't have a bike. Or like my body isn't, you know, in that kind of state. And so I thought this could kind of be the perfect combo of working towards a goal in July. Yes. That time. But and then also kind of expanding my range into different types of bike activities for fun, not just commuting everyday transportation. So big things. Yes. Heck yeah. Be on a road bike. Um, you know, have you planned where your bike packing trips are going to go? Not yet. There's kind of a couple categories they have. Um, they have their longer day trips, which are already like planned. Um, but then they also kind of want to expand their short trips. Mm-hmm. So maybe one to two days overnight. And I think there's so much potential 
with a combination of Amtrak in the Pacific Northwest. And so I really want to kind of plan something out in that realm. Oh my so, gosh. So cool. Excited. That would be awesome. Um, I used to do a lot of bike packing and that was really my first love in getting into cycling. And last year I didn't do, well, that's not true. I barely did any, I tried to do Mexico and then I quit and I need to get back into it. So I, I'm, I've got a Montana trip on the books that I'll tell you about. Maybe we can do that okay, together. Cool. I would love that. Yeah. Um, and I was also going to say, I did Seattle to Portland last year and yes. the biggest challenge is just being able to stay on your bike for 10, 12, 13 hours. Um, you don't have to go fast. There's only a couple big hills, but you know, just eating frequently, fueling yourself and finding friends to ride with. I found myself at a couple times riding by myself and it was miserable alone, but once oh. you've got friends, you're good. Yes, totally. Okay. I would love all the advice. Yes. So I'm just taking it in, telling everyone to give me everything they know. So <laughs> you're going to do great. I mean, you have such a great attitude. Yeah. Are you planning to document these adventures on your TikTok? Oh yeah. Oh, I went okay. on my first training ride. It's very leisurely. It was 12 miles yesterday on the road bike for the first time in years. Heck yeah. A pizza break in the middle. I love it. Yes. But we rode 12 miles. So I was like, this is a win. Definitely. 100%. What, um, what kind of bike are you, are you training on? Yeah, I was, well, in the process of, again, yeah, searching for bikes when I don't know anything about road bikes. I was like, I don't know what to get. Mm-hmm. I knew to look out for weight limits. which is a thing, which I'm like, "Ah, I hate that it's a thing. It's a thing, but it's so hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. I realized if you Google the bike company and their user manual, Mm -hmm. they always, I think legally, they have to have that list and the weight. And so that helped me because bike shops frequently didn't know. Um, And unfortunately, a bike shop in Portland, you know, recommended me a Scott bike, which I'm sure you know, their limits are real low. And I had to find it out myself and, you know, it's like, oh, I did like that bike, but not meant to be. So yeah. in the process of looking for bikes, a very nice friend and bike shop owner offered me her surly pacer that awesome. she had in her basement. And she was like, come over, we'll give it to you for a year. Try it out. If you love it, you know, you can buy your own surly or do whatever, but at least you'll have something to train on. And so I'm riding that. It's that a is, cute little bike. Yes. The bike community comes through again. Uh, yes. It, it yes. never fails to amaze me. Like you have a need, like we had a rider last year at Steamboat Gravel. Somehow her bike didn't make it to Colorado with us and mm-hmm. we were able to find one for her to use. Um, we talked about that on our last episode with Greer, um, but it never fails. You know, there's, I don't know. There's something special about cyclists. I think we're just nicer people or something. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, one last question for you. Is there anything that you wish people would ask you about that they don't, or that we haven't addressed? Um, yeah, I think maybe it's obvious because the world is burning, but no one ever asks me why I don't own a car or why Mm. I don't, you know, why I choose to live this life. And I think, you know, early on people were like, oh yeah, because of climate. And actually it started out because of my mental health. And so I am like very anxious around security, safety, you know, those things make me really hyper anxious and the threat of a car crash, dying in a car, hitting someone in your car, hitting anything in your car is like too much of a fear Mm -hmm. for me. 
And it's a very real reality too. Very yeah. real. I was sitting in traffic. I commuted one summer to an internship out in Hillsborough and I hated myself. I sat in traffic for over an hour and a half every day in Portland, which is ridiculous. And I would just eat in the car and like hate myself. And it was so hot that summer. And I just remember thinking like, this is not how I can live my life. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, mental health has improved so much. Being on a bike is so freeing, so beautiful. I get to move my body, fresh air. And then second, yeah, the world's burning. So if I could not contribute to the climate breakdown, that'd be awesome. So definitely. And you guys have been acutely aware of that in Portland with, you know, huge heat domes and forest fires and all sorts of stuff. It's really, and you know, in we live right next to the freeway also. So we hear the freeway all day. Mm-hmm. We see the buildup of cars in the evening. It's very aware, you know, in this neighborhood of the impact of freeways in this city. So it's kind of detrimental. So, yeah. Well, anything else to add, Maggie? I don't think so. Um, Jenna, we are so grateful for your time and for your inspiration that you're providing to people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if folks want to find you, how do they find you? You can find me on TikTok, Jenna Bikes, Instagram, Jenna Bikes should work too. Um, but I mostly post on TikTok and yeah, feel free to drop all your questions on there and I'll respond with a cute video and it'll be fun. Awesome. Oh, you've inspired me to like get more into making video content, which is what it's everybody fun. wants these days. Yes. Everybody wants video. And <laughs> yes. I, I just might need yeah. your tips on editing. That's like my least yes. favorite part. I just want to put it out there and not edit anything. I know there are, there are people that exist that will edit your videos for you if you give content. So that's the thing. Um, yeah. I'm a friend mm-hmm. that does that. Yeah. All right. Well, we will put the links to um, Jenna's TikTok and her Instagram um, in the show notes, as well as some links to the underwear company, Arc and Cleverhood. Um, yeah. And we'll also put some info about Seattle to Portland in there. Um, yeah. It's a really, really great ride put on by a nonprofit called Cascade Bicycle Club. Um, so we'll just put all that info in there. Um, but thank you so much for being on, Jenna. And thank you for uh, having we, me. we really appreciate you. <laughs> This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening.